Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of It's Not All Rainbows. I'm your host, Lindsay Goodman, and if you don't know me, I'm a survivor of narcissistic abuse in a queer relationship, and I'm here to validate and support others who are or have been in my shoes and to help spread awareness of what these kinds of relationships can look like. Obviously, I'm here for my queers, but everyone is welcome here. Today, I'm going to talk to you about trauma bond versus love. This was a huge discovery for me in helping me to get out of my abusive relationship, to break the trauma bond, to start my life completely over, to get far, far away from this person, go no contact, all the things. And so I'm going to share the exact little, um, I don't know, picture that I found that helped me, that kicked me into like obsessive research mode and kind of reflect on some of the things that I felt when I was in it. So let's dive in. Before I start, I just want everyone to know that I do have COVID. I am on day five, just tested again, still testing positive. So bear with me if I take a lot of breaks, like if it seems like there's, it's a lot of short clips um, or if I sound funny because I still definitely wanted to record this today. I really enjoy obviously coming here and um, sharing with all of you, but yeah, kind of a hot mess still. So here we go. Okay. If you don't know, like for example, if, um, you didn't follow me at the time that I was still actively sharing my relationship on Instagram, I was constantly looking for information to figure out what was wrong with my relationship and what was wrong with me. I fully believed that I was the one who was to blame for most of the problems in the relationship. I would look at my ex and think, oh, they're a little closed off, um, so they could work on that. But most likely the problem is me because I'm too much. I need too much. I feel too much. I expect too much. I, you know, whatever. Um, Which, you know, if you've been in these kinds of relationships, you know that you feel that because that's what you've been told for so long. Um, but I mean, I got, I dove into the Enneagram. I dove into attachment styles. I dove into like anything that I could find that would explain why we both were the way we were. And then also sort of keep us in the relationship. Um, and the Enneagram helped keep me in the relationship. I still love the Enneagram. This is not, I'm not like, don't do the Enneagram. Don't do attachment theory, attachment wounds, attachment healing. That's all very important. It's all very, very real. Um, I do want to just caution you though, because if you are being abused and if you aren't sure you're being abused, go to the hotline.org. They have an incredible list of like each type of abuse and what it looks like. If you are being abused, um, don't use, don't look for tools and things and ways to justify staying in the relationship. This is when it's time to start trying to figure out a safe way to get out of it. Um, it's not, we don't, we don't want to stay with an abuser. I know some people do. Some people might argue with that, you know, that they could change or whatever, but like let them change and then come back when they are changed and like slowly over time, prove it to you. Not like hoover you back in with love bombing and all that crap and like abuse you all over again, right? That's two totally different things. Anyway, little bit of a tangent there. Um, so after 
you know, figuring, oh, you know, they're an Enneagram, whatever. I'm an Enneagram seven. And here are the reasons why, you know, our relationship is so hard because I'm a seven and I need X, Y, Z and there are this and they need, you know, whatever. Oh, it's so hard. We'll just have to work on it. And then, you know, attachments to, oh, they're avoidant. I'm anxious. No wonder we're in the worst kind of relationship. But then my ex um, read the attached book. And that's the other thing. I talked about this before about like, you know, not doing therapy with an abuser because you're literally handing them information. You're handing them buzzwords. You're handing them like the key to your mental health issues. You're handing them the key or like the reins to control, to, to add to it to use it to like, you know, blame everything on you and so on and so forth. Um, but with attachment, um, I handed the book to my, to my abuser and was like, Hey, I think this explains a lot of our relationship. It seems like you're avoidant and I'm anxious. They read the book and said, no, you're disorganized. Convinced me that I was disorganized. I believed it for a long time. Um, that's, I say this all the time when I'm on these podcasts, but like, you know, that's another story for another day is the whole, um, tendency for abusers to try to convince someone that they have XYZ mental health problems. I've heard this happen all the time. And sometimes you do. Sometimes you do have depression, anxiety, CPTSD, um, borderline personality disorder. You know, a lot of times, like people that are, I mean, we're vulnerable. We're vulnerable and we get in these mixed up relationships and then, you know, they use that to further control and abuse us, like I said. But um, so attachment aside, I don't have disorganized attachment, by the way. I did not realize this until I got out. Um, definitely have CPTSD, though. Um, so I found this little side-by-side thing on Instagram that says, are we in a trauma bond or in love? Trauma bond. The relationship starts with instant attraction and irresistible chemistry. Check. True love. The relationship starts with attraction and curiosity that builds over time. No check. The connection is highly physical and sexual. Check. At least in the beginning. The connection is physical, sexual, emotional, and intellectual. No check. The relationship cycles through extreme highs and lows. Check, check. The relationship is stable and predictable based on mutual trust. No check. Important conversations are avoided. Check. Important conversations are a priority. No check. The relationship feels like an addiction that you are powerless to quit. Check. The relationship feels like an honor, a privilege, and a choice. No check. So let that sit with you for a second. If that's the first time that you have heard that side-by-side comparison of a trauma bond versus love. You can look it up. You can Google, just Google trauma bond versus love. I see several versions of it that come up just on Google. There, There's like hundreds of them. They're pretty much the same. Um, so yeah, just Google that. Sit with that for a second. How does that feel? Here's another one. Trauma bonding. Fix, save, and validate my existence. Authentic bonding. Learn, see, and hold sa- space for all of me. Trauma bonding, chaotic and unpredictable roller coaster of emotions. Yes. Safe, consistent, and insightful. No. My relationship mirrors the pattern of my childhood experience. Yes. So some of y'all might have to dig deep on that one because it took me about a year and a half um, of being in my relationship to really realize that. I mean, I had no idea 
no idea the extent of like the childhood issues um, that I had. My relationship is based on freedom, accountability, and mental peace. No. I betray myself and all of my needs to receive love. Yes. I do the work to meet my own needs first. No. You complete me? So we thought, right? You enhance who I am. No. No, you do not. Absolutely not. So anyway, that's um that's enough of like the whole in um internet example thing. But what happened was when I found that, you know, after finding the Enneagram and like trying to twist and turn it to my own, and this is what we do as survivors when we're in it, we're in a trauma bond. We take information that we find and we twist and turn it to try to make it match what we're going through to make it make sense. So we don't have to leave because we don't want to leave because we we feel trapped. We know like intellectually, we know that it's not safe. We're not okay. It's not good. It's not healthy. We're not happy. But we, we're, we don't know how to live without them. So we justify it. And this is not victim blaming. This is, be, this is being in a trauma bond. I did it. You've probably done it too. And um, again, with the attachment, I was like, oh, it's the attachment. We'll just do therapy. Oh, we can work on this. When I found this, y'all, one, I could not deny it. I could not even a little bit check one box for the love side or uncheck one box for the trauma bond side. It is so clear. It's like, you know, you cannot deny it anymore. And then, of course, the, the, the word, the term trauma bond, as I started researching that more, led me to narcissism. And as I dove into those books about narcissism, those podcasts about narcissism, I couldn't deny it. And that is when I started to see my way out. That's when I started gray rocking. That's when I started doing all the things that I learned about to get out of this relationship. That's when, you know how I went no contact, all the things, because I dove into that education once I realized, understood, accepted that I was in a trauma bond and that I was not in love and that I was not loved. So as you heard when I was doing the compare and contrast of trauma bond and true love, it's a very negative thing. It's not a beautiful, you know, Disney fantasy love relationship. It's horrible. All of the things that were listed off are yucky. It starts off amazing. Instant attraction, irresistible, fate. The connection is amazing. It's the, it's the best sex you've ever had in your entire life. It's the most sex you've ever had in your entire life. Very quickly, hot and heavy up front, but it doesn't last, does it? It's a couple of weeks up to maybe, what, two months? And then it stops. And then you're just getting breadcrumbs throughout the rest of your relationship, whether it's a year, five, 10, 20, it's just breadcrumbs. You don't really go back to that initial feeling ever again. And the problem is that everyone says that, right? It's natural for relationships to taper off over time. And you do have to work at a healthy, good, mutual, respectful relationship to keep it like the beginning's always more fun no matter what. But I use that a lot to justify. My ex used that a lot to justify. Well, it's not the, not the beginning anymore. It's not the beginning anymore. But it's very different in these kinds of toxic relationships where it's just so intense. And it's it's so obvious because most people that have been and understood that they were in a trauma bond describe it the same way. Again, hot and heavy upfront doesn't last very long. The highs and lows of these relationships. I mean, it's day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute. They're happy. They're not happy. 
you're, they're, you know, they're, they're giving you that breadcrumb and you're feeling like things are okay. Things are good. We're going to get through this. And then you're arguing and it's nonstop. You're always walking on eggshells. You never know what's going on. Like I said earlier, you don't know where you stand in their life. That was one of the biggest things for me is I never, not, not for one day was I like, this person loves me and they love my son. And nobody should be living like that. You should be able, I don't, I don't like the word should, but you know, ideally in a relationship, you're feeling safe. You're feeling loved. You know where you stand. You know that you're like mutually trying to be together versus just like um, happen to be on the same roller coaster ride. Important conversations are avoided. Obviously, if you bring a tough, you know, subject up to an abuser, they're shutting it down. They're stonewalling you. I've talked about a lot of this stuff before, but, you know, you come at them with, hey, the breakup, (laughs) the breakup podcast episode. I come to the abuser with a list of things that are lacking in our relationship. I want to have a serious conversation. I want to say, hey, what are we doing here? Can we make a decision about this? And they shut it down with us, just break up then. Very good example of avoiding avoiding important things. The relationship feels like you're an addiction, that you're powerless to quit. Again, I said this a couple minutes ago. You feel stuck. You can't imagine your life without them. You panic when you feel like you might lose them. Whether you think they're going to leave you or you start thinking about how you're going to have to be the one to leave because this isn't, they're not getting off this freaking ride. They're not getting off it. And it feels like like a panic, a panic attack. You can't breathe. You're crying on the floor. You're like, what the heck? You know, you think that you love this person so much because you are so like bonded to them, but it's not a good, healthy bond. It's not a bond like I have with my son, the mother-child bond. It's not a happy, healthy sibling bond. It's not a loving supportive, mutual, romantic tie. It just isn't. You are suffering. You've lost yourself. You've lost your friends. You've lost your family. Your job is suffering. Your kids are suffering. Oh, (laughs) kiddo just ran down the hall. Um, So yeah, it's the worst. I've heard a lot of people say that breaking a trauma bond is like breaking a heroin addiction. And I say this all the time in my lives or when people ask me like how I did it. I've never been addicted to heroin, but I can fully attest to the fact that I felt like I was going through withdrawals when I first went no contact. It's like this, it's, I mean, you're breaking an addiction. I've, I have quit coffee. I have quit sugar. I have like cut certain things out and it's hard. You're just like, ah, I just want sugar so bad. Oh, I just want coffee. I have a headache. I don't feel good. I need it. I want it. You're wondering where they are. You're wondering if they're going to reach out to you. You're wondering who they're with. Or a lot of times you know who they're with because they've rubbed it in your face. They've made it quite obvious that they're replacing you with someone better. (laughs) Um, That they just happen to have lined up before you even left. Uh, It's called monkey branching, by the way. Um, It's very, very hard. It's, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. It's it's one of the most difficult things that I've ever done, but it's 100% worth it. Hi, buddy. What are you doing? Okay. Obviously, 
I'm a mama, and we're both home due to COVID, so, you know, he may walk in again, and that's just fine. Um, I was going to do a whole separate episode on breaking the trauma bond, but I feel like, for me, it's not a 25-minute episode of information um, in terms of how I broke it, so... Basically, what I did was get far, far away. I, I've i talked about this before, but I left the house first. Um, and then, of course, I, you know, they couldn't handle me being just up the street, wanted me to come back home. So I knew that I had to go far away, went to my mom's house for a while, took my kiddo on a trip, just the two of us. And I stayed away for... 90 days. Not everyone can do that. It's not that easy to like just drop everything. Um, My son's dad was out of town, so there was like no one else around um, who could kind of like support us through that time because it's not something that you can easily do just on your own, Um, especially if the person is physically violent, showing up at your house, um, threatening you, things like that. And so I took him far, far away, like I said. So I wasn't in the same area where we had been in our relationship. I wasn't in an area where I would run into them at all or the new girl that they were seeing or anything like that or anybody who knew them for that matter. I, um, It was two weeks after I got to my mom's house, even though, and I do believe I've said this before, I had it in my mind to go no contact like the moment I got on the plane to just disappear and not say anything to them again. That didn't work. It took me two weeks after that. Um, But I did as quickly as a human possibly, as quickly as I could, um, go no contact. And I stuck with it. I blocked them pretty early on on social media. It took me much longer to... (sighs) It's very difficult to block. It's very difficult to block because you basically what I did was convince myself that I needed to know if they were going to reach out to me. And that's bullshit. You don't need to know. You don't need to know that they're looking for you. It's just going to mess with you. It's just going to keep that door open if they do reach out to you. And then if they do reach out to you, it's it's either going to upset you or you'll be tempted to reach out to them again, or at the very least, you'll just start thinking about it. You know, why did they reach out now? What does this mean? Whatever. Um, So I definitely recommend blocking the person so that they can't get in touch with you. I have heard of people say that they had to, if your person is like super aggressive in terms of contact, you've had to, I've heard people have to block them on like Cash App and Venmo, like every single thing that you can block them on. Um, I deleted as many photos as I could, pictures, things like that. I have like 65,000 on my phone, so they do sometimes still pop up because that is a lot of uh, pictures to go through. But like just kind of for me, making it as if they didn't exist, I do still have certain things that I have chosen to keep on my phone as a reminder of the abuse Anything that's like sort of proves for me that they were abusive, I find to be helpful because 
our brains sometimes will trick us, especially like as time goes on or maybe you'll hear like someone will tell you a story oh, well, they're going through this hard time or whatever, and then you feel sorry for them, and your brain starts to say, well, maybe I should reach out, or maybe, you know, maybe I should make sure they're okay. Like, go back and read those text messages where they're threatening you, or, you know, whatever it is that you have that can remind you of what you went through, or like old journal entries, things like that. I I definitely keep those because I think they're important. Circling back to people reaching out to you and telling you what your abuser is going through, I had that happen at first. I had people telling me, oh, yeah, they moved here. Oh, they're doing that. Oh, they're talking to this person. Oh, they, you know, this sad thing happened. And I no longer talk to anybody who knows them. If you know them, I'm not responding to you or you're blocked or whatever. Um, I don't want, I mean, like my sister met them. I still talk to my sister, but they have nothing to do with um, each other. So, it's like basically like I'm not even lying. For me, the no contact um, covers every single person who knows them. Um, just so that you're not getting information about them because why do you need it? Why do you want it? You don't. You don't. It's a setback. And so for me, like it's a non-negotiable, full-on like blanket no contact policy. And that helped me so much. Um to get past the trauma bond. But I will be honest to you, um, honest with you, for me, like I said, after I got past that initial hump, the initial like withdrawal phase, the more that I educated myself about a trauma bond, breaking a trauma bond, why I was trauma bonded, what they were doing to kind of keep me trauma bonded, it was easy to break it. Like the again, the initial part was not easy, but once it's broken, you're free. You're still going to think about them. You're still going to get triggered. You're still going to have, I don't know, questions. You're still going to be confused. You're still going to feel a lot of things. But once you go, once you're past that, I don't know. Some people, some people do. I know some people do struggle with it, but I had so much motivation to get away because they were abusing my son as well. And so I feel very, I don't feel lucky that I had my son in that situation, but I feel very lucky that he was, um, he was almost like the thing that propelled me forward and has made it so much easier for me to get away, to move on, to let go of that toxic person. So yeah, it's, it's not easy. I know that I just said it was easy after a certain point. For me, everyone is different. Everyone's abuse story and experience is different. Everyone's like mental health and like setup in life is different. So right now, like I am in the same town where I lived with them, but I'm pretty much in my own little island and I'm in a safe space. Um, I, I feel safe. You have to feel safe to heal your trauma and so I'm very, again, I'm very lucky to be where I'm at and to be doing as well as I am. It's not perfect at all. I do still struggle. I don't want anyone to think that that is not an issue anymore. Um, but it is worth it. Whether it's a struggle for you for a month or it's something that you for the next 10 years are like, I just want to reach out. Oh, I wish. Oh, where are they? It's worth it. It's worth 
breaking. It's worth getting away from them. It's worth going no contact. You deserve happiness. You deserve safety. You deserve to heal your trauma. You deserve to be treated with dignity. You deserve all the things and you only get one life. And this person has taken enough from you. They've taken enough of your energy, your time, your sleep, all the things that we only get so much of. So when you're ready, do your best, reach out, don't hesitate to support or sorry to lean on people who you can trust for support. It's so important. Um, You're not alone. I am rooting for you. You can do it. All right, y'all. I hope this episode was helpful. I have about reached my talking limit for today with the COVID situation. I'm going to go lay down for a bit and recover from this. Um, If you like this and you want more from me, you can find me on TikTok and Instagram at the Lindsay Goodman, or you can go to my website, thelindsaygoodman.com. If you like this podcast, you like this episode, please rate, review, subscribe. I really would like to get this into the ears of the people who need it the most. And all of your interaction with this podcast definitely helps to get this message out there. Thank you all so much. And I will be back next week with more.